you like. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And hello, America. Happy 2017. This uh, time flies when you're having fun. And when you're winning an election, that sure is fun, isn't it? I saw this article yesterday, David, and it was about uh, the uh, Obama loyalists, is what um, what they were described as, are having trouble finding employment in Washington, D.C. And it showed a picture of them basically after the uh, the Hillary Clinton debacle. And there's a picture of like 30 of the White House staffers, including your favorite Iranian, Valerie Jarrett. And they're hanging outside watching, I guess, uh, Trump arrive and for his meeting with uh, with President Obama. And they have this the most dour, depressed faces. And it captured this in the uh, article I read yesterday. And it just made me laugh because I said, who wouldn't want to hire these peppy smiling faces? I mean, who wouldn't want these guys as a damn welcome wagon at your company? Well, Greg, when we were speaking, I, uh, I had, uh, had the thought, there's one other group that is saying, my, how fast Time flies, but they're going to be sitting there for 364 days. That's called the Alabama football team. <laughs> were you were, were you enjoying the uh, game? Did you stay up? You, you normally go to bed before 12:30 at night, don't you? What game? The game last night, the Alabama football team. Oh, they play? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a late. That was the longest game that did not go to overtime. I think I've ever experienced. I got the same results <laughs> at 4:30 this morning when I turned on Fox. And then instead of having to sit through the whole thing, yeah. yeah. I, I was. But on don't f- you know there's some long faces? In, well, uh, I will say only half of the state. Uh, only half of the state of Alabama is unhappy because apparently Auburn had the largest Schadenfreude meter in history in registered <laughs> history last night. They actually rolled Tumor's co- Corner, which is normally reserved for Auburn wins. And Auburn actually has an interesting little story. They proved that you could actually lose to both teams during the regular season. That's so true. I wanted to. I hope my friend Scott Godwin's listening to that. I I was able to post. He's been in here to the show a few times, David, and he he noticed my little dig yesterday at Auburn. I said, you know what? I would like both of these teams to lose because, frankly, Georgia's right in between South Carolina and Alabama, and these teams, both of them, uh, compete with Georgia for the best recruits. Now, finally, Kirby Smart is keeping our best players here in Georgia, but I don't care if Alabama wins the SEC. I'm not an SEC homer. I'm a Georgia Bulldog. So I could care less if, and I was actually kind of pulling for Clemson, although I, I, all my little ACC buddies had to say ACC. So I, it was really a no-win situation for me. But well, I what got, do you think is going to happen to the coach of Alabama? The head coach, Nick Saban. Oh, he's not going to. He's he's living he's living the great life. He actually sold his house uh, at Lake Burton, I believe, and he's not going anywhere. Think they'll keep him around after a losing season of <laughs> one game? Yeah, I have a feeling that Nick Saban isn't going anywhere. You know, we were at, uh, my son went to Alabama, and uh, <coughs> we were at lunch one day on the river at a, at a nice place in Tuscaloosa. Oh, they I have those there? Yeah. I can't remember what the name of it is, <laughs> but it was, it was where was the it, Was it called go. Sonny's Barbecue? No, it was not <laughs> Sonny's. It was, uh, it was some high cotton. They use real, real uh, napkins there. But anyway, um, Mr. Saban walked in. Okay. He, he and his wife. And I guess it's like all stars, you know. They, he had his entourage with him okay. on uh, Sunday afternoon, so it was after a game, uh-huh. uh, Saturday game, and uh, 
you know, you'd have thought Elvis had walked in. <laughs> coach, coach, come in. He must have won the day before. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Alabama pretty much has won a lot of games in a row. A dynasty. They keep on getting this uh, number one recruiting class, and you, you know, you can't win the race without the horses. But That's clearly, true. Nick Saban has been able to get the best out of his players. They run kind of a all business program. I mean, you don't. I, I don't know if they sweep it under the rug. I'm sure some of their players have to be smoking pot, have to be harassing women. Just, I mean, I'm sure they have the same problems that every other school does. Maybe not quite as bad as, let's say, University of Tennessee. But, uh, you know, it seems like they have a more of a – they don't have the discipline problems that at least go public. I mean, UGA, I, I, you know, my alma mater, i got to say, we, you know, during the Rick era, many of his players were not living like the godly influence that Mark Rick was. So we had – I, I believe he was too, way too abrupt at dismissing players for smoking a little weed. I, I, you know, I don't think smoking a little pot, it makes you the devil. Um, uh, let, me, let me ask you something. Uh, you're in the locker room last night in, 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 <laughs> the, the, women's, Ala, no, in no, the Alabama uh, the, locker yeah, okay. What was Mr. Saban saying? Uh, you know what? That game could have gone either way. I don't think that either – you know, I think Alabama is going to be looking back at it and saying, "Man, we were up fourteen to nothing. We really blew a chance to win." Um, obviously, there had been some uh, coaching changes. Lane Kiffin had uh, already taken another head coaching job, and they fired him uh, the week before the final game. But I didn't think the the new coach Sarkeesian. He actually looked like he was pretty sober, which is a rare thing for for him actually. But he looked like he was sober calling the plays. Their quarterback just didn't execute, but. If they had stopped them at the end of the game, if Bama had stopped Clemson at the end of the game, the story would have been Jalen Hurts, despite struggling in the passing game, was able to lead the team to victory because he, I thought he played a pretty good game. His receivers were dropping passes. Uh, it was just a, it was a very competitive game, very exciting game, and the difference in you know one touch a touchdown and a field goal is basically you know four points, and it made a. The, the story would be so much different if, if the ball had bounced one other way last night, you know? So are you calling Al and, – and I want people to put this on record. I, I believe you said something about calling Alabama Hillary of the South. <laughs> They're the bridesmaid, right? It's, it, uh, you can't really do that, though, because they've won so many titles. I believe they've won 16 now. And uh, the 16 going on – see, that's a little sound of music for you there, folks. But uh, hello – so at any rate, the uh, we've got uh, some people trying to sell Girl Scout cookies here. It seems like so I'll take thin mints, please, four boxes. But uh, at any rate, folks, uh, Donald Trump's cabinet right now is getting selected. Jeff Sessions is undergoing a uh, an interesting hearing right now. Apparently, the people from Code Stink were able to to sneak in, and it got me thinking. You know, we uh, Donald Trump ran on an immigration policy. So he's going to build a wall. Mexico's going to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. Now he's been cast as some racist, and his supporters are being thrown into that basket of deplorables where apparently you can't advocate for a secure border and for any kind of immigration reform that's based on logic without being called a racist. I'd rather live in a free country with a secure border rather than a secure country with an open border. And the difference is kind of what we have right now. Where you go to the airport and TSA pats down grandma, there's, they have a secure country, 
right? We're getting spied on by the NSA. We've got all sorts of uh, surveillance going on. We've got drones, which, by the way, listen to the drone show tomorrow. My friend Elizabeth will be on uh, again. I gave her her start, by the way. <laughs> Hope you're listening, Liz. Well, you, and you did too, David. But I, I created the, the, the star was born. But, uh, you know, the drone surveillance is something that uh, really has a lot of, of legalistic play going into it. And I, I guarantee you um, traffic tickets and a lot of other things are being determined by drone uh, surveillance and recordings. And so we, we, we've opted to have, a, have an open border almost. With a with a trying to have a secure country, which I don't think is fair to a lot of the law-abiding citizens here in the U.S. What do you think? Interesting that you brought that up. Um, you know, I, I know you've traveled overseas within the past year. I so imported far. a wife from Ecuador. I mean, come Mail on, mail order. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I, I found it's been, it's been a number of years since I travel outside the United States and. I was amazed both coming and going that maybe because of electronics. I, that's the only thing I can come up with. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things I ever did was get the uh, TSA pre-check, pre-born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, is, is that good for five years where you can yeah. cut the line or whatever? Yeah, I've heard that is $100 and you cut everybody and it's oh, good it's, for five years, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were able to pass that, Moxley? Did I say I used the right name? <laughs> uh, you know. It's Mr. Moxley to you, sir. And I, I, I flashed my carry license and, you know, <laughs> right through. Um, but I was, I was, I, I, this is going to sound crazy, but I, I was somewhat disappointed in security. And, you know, and, and like you were disappointing that you didn't get probed? No, I would okay. have been pissed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, this deal in Fort Lauderdale sort of says, you know, where is the security? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and I kept thinking about that as, as we went through. And and I, I guess more so coming back, um, you know, when we left Frankfurt, um, it wasn't exactly any challenge. They didn't. We didn't get stripped down, and we didn't. We did still, even though they're not TSA and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. on our on our uh, tickets or right. on our boarding passes. It does say pre-checked and all this kind of stuff, which I don't know whether it had a hill of beans to do with anything. But um, you know, from what I saw, and correct me if I'm wrong, since you're a world traveler and I just mm-hmm. flip from international my, man of inter- mystery. Yes, yes. And I notice you're not wearing your American flag. It fell off. But anyway, um, you know, they base everything on your passport. Yeah. You put it in the electronic thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you look like you. You're part of the database. uh, Move on. Right. And, you know, no baggage check. Uh, We checked our baggage, but... Do you not think uh, it went through all the x-rays and all that? I mean, I think there's a lot of behind-the-scenes, because I can tell my baggage has been opened, and they reseal it, and they put kind of the, you know, the binders on it, the binders full of women, I'm just kidding, whatever that hand, you know, you never saw that, kind of the... No, and, and, you know, well, like I said, coming back in was even... I, I don't know, and you d- the only thing I found bad with customs and immigration or whatever mm-hmm. was Hartsville International. <laughs> Holy 
God. And you weren't even there for walk. the four-hour uh, delay when the no. uh, oh, system no. went down. Oh, no, <laughs> no. But we had, I guess because I looked so old, we had some nice lady in her little cart picked us up and, and took us, you know, two miles of the 25 that you have to walk at. That is absurd. That is Hartsfield coming in mm-hmm. on an international flight is absolutely deplorable. Yeah, they've got to come up with a better system. Yeah, especially because it is such a long walk after people have been traveling for oh, seven yeah. or eight hours. Oh yeah, and, watching and crappy movies. You don't even get peanuts on the airplane anymore because of all the and you get the, on the walk all the allergies. Walk and sidewalk. <laughs> the walking sidewalk is kind of cool though. Uh, if you walk while if you're on the walking that damn side, thing up about the, you know fifty. They could. They could. I've actually done a test. I've had the wife walk on the walking sidewalk because I'm a gentleman and I've walked next to her now she's tall so she's able to gate, gate along at a, at a good pace anyway but the walking sidewalk she was way ahead of me by the time we we have to so it's a little experiment there because we had the time <laughs> well it, I, I, I was I had uh, Leanne my wife had been through it um, coming back from Korea but I, I had never I'd been many years since I had did and never hit that terminal before, but that yeah. Well, the new they brutal. did build the new international at Hartfield, and I think there's still a little, and it's not that new anymore. It's a couple of years old, but uh, that probably has something to do with it as well. Now, dropping people off at that is much easier because now you, it's a completely separate exit yeah, off yeah, of seventy five. Yeah. Uh, you know, I it's interesting because I remember coming back from Italy over the summer, and I felt. A little bit of the same when we were in Italy. We the trains didn't. We weren't overwhelmed with security. I guess is what I could say. And yeah, I, we weren't. And they're there. obviously ground zero, not necessarily Italy, but Europe, because of their open borders policy. Germany is actually pretty open borders now. Merkel is regretting that, um, and, and a lot of the German people are regretting that Merkel is regretting that, but. They, uh, I mean, that's where a lot of the attacks are coming from, and and you know, to rent, you know, the people are renting trucks and driving them into crowds. It's, and from what you told me, when you know New Year's Eve in Paris, you saw minimal security where you were. So I, I was shocked when you don't, when, you know, when we were talking about you going on the trip. I was like, oh man, it's going to be like lockdown over there. We just had the the Turkish attack and some other uh, international incidents, and you would just, I just felt the kind of the tide of terrorism rising. Yeah, no, it was. I was blown away. Nothing. Um, the other thing, you know, I, I, I was a staunch Stalag 13 watcher, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> like you said, I, I kept waiting. And, and you know, my son had, had said, you know, always carry your passport with you, which we did. That sucker got soaked a couple of times from walking so much. But anyway, <laughs> I kept waiting as we would go from Germany to Belgium or from... Germany to France or wherever, mm-hmm. right? Never checked, never checked once. And yeah, I kept waiting for the big arm to yeah, come yeah. down. Well, and, and that's the thing the with the, with the European Union. We'll probably have to take our first break here in a second. But uh, with the European Union, uh, you know, there is pretty much open travel. That was oh, one yeah. of the the qualms that the British, when they had their Brexit, they were thinking, oh, we're not going to be able to, you know, have be able to travel as freely. And and here, you know, that's it's it's a debate. Um, not all European countries are the same, though. So should they have that freedom? We'll be back in a couple minutes on the other side of the break. We'll talk about that and a lot more with Shelley Winner, a Politico and radio host. See you in a minute.
Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's AmericasWebRadio.com. You know, Dave, I've got a new word to describe when liberals get uh, frenetic and the snowflake aspect of their personality comes out. We're going to say they have a case of streep throat. What do you think about that? For six minutes the other night, everybody's favorite limousine liberal decided to lambast Donald Trump and his supporters without even mentioning his name. Now, what was funny was Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn were apparently seated at the same table. They had conservatives at the back of the bus, or libertarians, which Vince Vaughn is, and they were both giving her dagger eyes during her six-minute speech where they basically applauded themselves and then said that they were the true victims of Donald Trump. I, I, I get it. Hollywood's used to scripts. But aren't these folks writing the script before it's the movie's even made? I mean, normally when you're doing a, a documentary or a, or a biography piece, the, the event happens, and then you write the script. In this case, they've seemingly come on with this script idea that it's going to be a horrible four years and that anything Donald Trump does is against women, against immigrants, against children, against everything, and they really have no evidence to back that up. Now, was there certainly some awkward comments. Was Donald Trump not the best articulator? Yeah, I would say so. But he somehow was able to flip the map, especially in the Midwest, and I do think that Pennsylvania, well, not Pennsylvania, sorry, but Wisconsin and Michigan, if, if we can deliver on what those folks voted for, which is to bring jobs back and to actually put America first, which is not a bad foreign policy to have, let's, let's worry about ourselves. A country $20 trillion in debt, I would argue, is not that wealthy. 
I don't think we have the money to be policing the rest of the world. I don't think we have the money well, to be sending... Well, if you never pay your damn taxes, we'd have it, you know? <laughs> well, I'm not one of the 45% that don't pay federal income taxes, nor am I part of the, uh, the, the millions that get an earned income credit that actually gives them even more credit than what they've paid into the system. So we have a big tax problem here, and if Donald Trump can come in and execute on the things he ran on. I also don't think talking about immigration means you have to be xenophobic about it. I do think we need to have common sense immigration reform, which means the people that are going to work hard and and acclimate to our way of life and assimilate, we need to rubber stamp them and bring them in quicker. But we also need to be a little bit more hesitant about importing second and third world 20 to 35-year-old males who may not be vetted properly. That's just me. Now, does that make me racist or xenophobic? I don't think so. That's a rhetorical question. Please don't answer that or tweet at me. But um, so can we not have an economic discussion on that? Is there not an economic consequence of a lot of illegal aliens being educated here? Of course there is. We already don't have enough money to fund education. So every time we bring in new people, that takes place or takes spots in our infrastructure. It creates wear and tear on the roads and bridges. It also overwhelms the healthcare systems. So there is an economic cost to immigration, and it doesn't matter if English isn't their first language. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a land, a country that has finite resources. If we had infinite resources, which some people in the federal government think we do, or we can just print our way out of problems and pay for everybody's college education and pay for all sorts of uh, liberal whims, then it would be fine. There would be no consequences. But we do not live in that world. The state of Georgia has just begun their legislative session, and we're looking at about 24 to $25 billion a year that they're going to be spending. Now, that sounds like a lot on one hand, but when you're $20 trillion in debt at the federal level, it's really not that much, you know? So you have to look at it and say, are, where are we going to get this money from? The state of Georgia, really, we can issue bonds and we can get some money from the feds. But for the most part, we kind of have to eat what we kill. We have to deal with what uh, what money comes in and, and how to allocate it properly. And raising taxes is certainly not going to be a popular thing. But I think that's that's the conversation we have to have. Do you want to continue your level of government services or increase it? Well, you, the Democrats need to be honest. And some of the Republicans that want to increase the size of government need to say, yep, We're going to have to raise taxes to pay for all this stuff. Now, in Georgia, we have on a state and uh, county level, they've been able to pass SPLOS over the years. I've I've voted for uh, some SPLOS in DeKalb County. Why? Because I figured they're going to get the money somewhere. I'd rather have an extra penny on sales tax so everybody is paying for it than for them to raise the – the millage rate on, on my properties. So that's that's my explanation for it. I do believe we need to invest in public infrastructure and education. It just – means that we need to also get better results for the money that we're spending. So that's my little soapbox there. But uh, Miss Streep wanted to claim that the uh, all the actors were the ones being the victims and that Donald Trump was going to kick them out of the country. And that made me kind of laugh. Wait, wait, wait. They were the ones... <laughs> That that's they were the ones who said they were going to self deport. Well, what about those people that said they were moving? Has, has Oprah no, they, no, none of them. I, I was about to say, Dave, none of them, have, not a single one, has actually 
followed through with their threat, or actually I thought I thought it was a gesture of goodwill, uh, to leave the country. Not that Cher has brains to begin with, but I, don't, I haven't heard about her blowing her head off either. Well, <laughs> yeah, so Cher's still here. So are the. I mean, we we saw them at their 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 height, their peak of their self adulation on Sunday night at the Golden Globes, right? And we and I don't watch that kind of crap. If I want to be insulted for two hours, I'll put on a fat suit and hang out at a comedy club. Okay. What, <laughs> so, let me ask: When they say, you know, if he wins, I'm going to leave the country. Who are they threatening exactly? I, I you know I I think it's this who wanton cares? lack of attention. And most people I know would be willing to pack their bags for them. I mean, you know, for a small fee. Fat Moore would leave the country, except they can't get anything big enough to, say, to haul Mike, his ass out. Michael Moore should be ready to move to Cuba, you know. Cuba's opening up now, now that uh, Castro's would, dead. That, uh, Cuba's an island, isn't it? So it if is. Michael Moore got there, he'd probably tilt or something. Okay, Hank Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it very likely could. So these are some of the things that I've been looking at, and and I get it. Not every liberal needs liberal attack needs to be responded to, but when so many people are giving Meryl Streep accolades for basically trying to do her part to divide the country, I found her her speech uh, pretty condescending and appalling. Although others that uh, watched it said it was inspirational and that hate breeds hate. If you just read the transcript of it. You could almost think she's describing the Obama administration for the past eight years, which I watched a little bit of the speech. I, well, I didn't watch any of it live, but I watched uh, footage of it to see what the hell people were talking about. And then I read the transcript, which is far more important than watching an actor try to uh, bloviate in front of an echo chamber full of other wealthy actors sipping very expensive champagne and congratulating each other for being incredibly awesome. That's that's basically what the Golden Globes and any kind of Hollywood story does, right? So that's been my interaction with things. We're, uh, we're looking forward to a big 2017, though. The inauguration is coming up. January 20th in Washington, D.C. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be about 50 degrees and sunny. There's going to be a 100% chance of snowflakes, though, David. And I mean the human kind. Mm-hmm. So bundle up, deplorables. Bundle up, because you're in for a really, really good show. So uh, We haven't been hacked by the Russians lately here, have we? No. I haven't noticed any uh, nits coming up on my email. <laughs> no, no, we're... Uh, we're we're Russian free at the moment. You must have enjoyed the exchange rate over there in Europe. I mean, it was pretty much one to one now, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, one to one, one to one point oh five or something like that. Plus, then you get to pay for the courtesy of using somebody else's credit card, and you get the five dollar charge and the fifty four cent charge because I used a credit card or I used a whatever and whatever, which. You know, I feel sorry for the banks. They they need all the money they can get. So yeah, I I didn't mind paying. It. Well, you came back to um, again the snow apocalypse from a few years ago. Anybody that's ever been stuck out in snow knows that we don't it, we do overreact here a little bit, huh. but it's for good reason. We but we largely missed it in Decatur. We didn't really get anything. I called it a I called it a no storm, not a snowstorm. <laughs> Y'all were. Uh, and on the north side got a little bit more, but it's really the northwest side of the city that got some. Cobb was out of school 
um, which was just, you know, and I was 45 degrees and sunny on that day. But uh, it's been interesting. How do you how do you look at it when uh, when the roads are closed? Do you try to kind of take the safe and narrow path up here? Or do you just bear batten down the hatches, so to speak? Well, as many know, I can run the station from <laughs> Europe, as a matter of fact. So um, weather doesn't really concern me a whole lot, depending on you know what day it is and uh, so forth. However, with that being said, I, I can I have the equipment to drive through the worst of conditions. So yeah, put the uh, the chains on the tires put the and chains everything. On and, and Paul Tell. You know, it's time to take that second All right, we'll go and take our second break. We've got uh, Sam Burnham from All the Biscuits in Georgia scheduled to call in a little bit later. We're hoping uh, Shelly Wynn will be able to call in for a few minutes. We uh, ran out of time on that segment, but uh, we are hoping to give you all the entertainment you need on this beautiful day. Welcome to 2017. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week for a full hour of all the best and latest information on how you can get the skills and equipment you need to protect the ones that you love. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, Visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Greg's This Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's WebRadio.com. We're, cu- we're, we're chiming in, ringing in the new year, which is uh, it's kind of cool. New year, new presidential administration. Here's the thing, though. Republicans are now the dog that caught the car, right? The, the, the barking dog that finally caught the car. And Democrats are actually kind of happy they get to be the, uh, obs- dare I use the word, obstructionist party. I'm not sure happy is the word. They're, uh, well, they're, they're <laughs> the, the agitators are. And they have pledged to agitate as much as possible to delay the repeal of Obamacare. Now, Obamacare wasn't built in a day. It was. It still hasn't actually fully unrolled itself. The Democrats just kept on putting off the the, the more uh, destructive parts as long as they could, including the employer mandate. But Republicans can really go in there. And I think I've said this before, but on day one, if I'm Donald Trump, I give everybody in the country a waiver from the individual mandate, every business in the country a waiver from the employer mandate, and then I ask Congress to draft legislation that would refund the penalties that were paid by the six or seven million households. Uh, and, and actually, that, that would only cost about $1.3 billion. And I say only because billion, you get an only in front of it when you're $20 trillion in debt. That's how Greg looks at things on a federal level. So you, you're able to message this properly by pointing out how bad of a law it was and that it took advantage of some of the poorest people in the country that couldn't afford the expensive insurance. So they were penalized because government priced them out of the insurance market. So reminding people of that fact will give a lot of momentum to it. And here's the other thing. Republicans are going to have to realize that some people are going to lose when we repeal Obamacare, they're just going to have to face that stark reality and be able to face the voters because a lot more people, a hell of a lot more people lost when the Democrats forced this through. This is why the Republicans were able to take over the House and the Senate with such heavy majorities, especially in the House. It's a fundamental reason why the people sent them there was to repeal it. So be strong, Republicans. Be strong. There are going to be some losers in this, and we do need to figure out some way to help the folks with the pre-existing conditions that can't get insurance. I think a high-risk pool can easily be set up. Democrats are claiming 20 million people are on Obamacare now. It's actually only about 6 to 8 million new people, and if you're going to destroy the health insurance and the health care industry for 310 million people to, to help 6 million, I don't think the math on that quite works out. Not, not fiscally, nor does it uh, from an electoral standpoint. So be strong, Republicans. Be smart. 
and try to do something with a balanced budget as well. The one that I've seen kicked around right now doesn't do anything to balance the budget. In fact, some of the numbers, when you extrapolate them, it looks like it adds $9 trillion to the deficit. Uh, Rand Paul had one that uh, he submitted that would supposedly have balanced it in five years, and apparently that was voted down. Probably too extreme. It's too extreme to expect us to start actually paying our bills in the next five years. That's extreme, David. We certainly would never want to do that. Well, we'd hate to put China out of business. Well, we, we well we're going to build the wall, make Mexico pay for it, and uh, and bring back the manufacturing jobs at the, uh, at the at the loss of the of the Chinese. So, well, Donald Trump's going to renegotiate all of the bad trade deals. I think we should go ahead and let Trump get in office first before we, uh, you know, destroy him too much. We've got a lot of the cabinet hearings going on this week. Um, locally, Tom Price, the congressman here, has been uh, in Congress for 10, 12 years, has uh, been appointed to be the uh, head of the, the Health and Human Services, which is going to have a, a really critical part of repealing what can be done through reconciliation of Obamacare. But Tom Price has also issued a plan that puts patients first, which I'm finally happy is actually getting looked at because it's it's amazing. When you actually win an election, David, your policies get a lot more attention if you're, than just if you're the barking dog. Is there anybody that uh, Trump has nominated for his cabinet that you don't care for? You know, I, I need to be sold on Secretary of State Tillerson. Um, I've been told he's a great guy from, you know, Trump supporters, and he has a nice resume, but I just need to need to be sold on him a little bit. That's probably the only one. I'm, I actually think Ben Carson will be fine as the Secretary of HUD. Let me tell you something, folks. Housing and urban development ain't rocket science. It ain't brain science. It can't really get much worse than uh, look at the inner cities now that have languished under 50 years of Democrat rule and eight years of Obama. Do you really think what a very smart guy is not going to be able to, to get in there, put some people in the right position, and be able to turn this thing around? I, I do. I don't have a problem with it at all. You know, he's, I need been, to he's, add, he's I, been one that I've seen questioned for that role. I, I need to ask you this because you are an insider, certainly compared to me. But is it true that before accepting Trump's invitation to be on his cabinet, that they all had to swear to buy and read The Art of a Deal? <laughs> is that... Is, I don't know. I, I didn't hear that rumor. You hadn't heard that rumor? No. It was all over Facebook, and, and somebody with power or something tweeted it. And really? I, I, you know, cool. I, I, was just, I mean, just ask. You know, it's kind of like, uh, hi, I'm God. I'd like you to read the Bible before. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I did not hear that. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I have not heard that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, though. I mean, Trump is full of, you know, edicts that uh, that he's able to tweet out and... Well, sales were down, and he figured he could pick up twelve six. <laughs> well, I did see he was <laughs> towards the end of the campaign. All the uh, being a Trump MVP and a Trump insider, and all the little uh, fundraising mechanisms they had going, he was selling them for like eighty percent discounts. And the well, joke was, "Don't you normally do a fire sale after the election?" So um, that was kind of a what I thought could have been a negative harbinger, but uh, looks like it worked look out. Just the, look what's happening to Macy's so. though. Yeah, Macy's, Macy's kicked Trump stuff out, and all of a sudden <laughs> they're they're canceling ten thousand jobs, closing sixty eight stores. Does that say don't mess with? Well, the Trump? I will. Well, I will say this: that uh, Trump is 
been quick to take credit for some of the auto manufacturers and carrier, but when Macy's announced the uh, the 10,000 employees and closing all the stores, I didn't see a tweet about that. So that's called selective tweeting. <laughs> right? Exactly. But, uh, yeah, and we were talking off here. I, he, we probably do need to take his Twitter away for a little while. I'm not sure he should individually go after companies. Um, that's kind of what hiring a cabinet does. Obama many times didn't individually go after Tea Party groups. He hired the IRS to do that. <laughs> so, you know, why, why, why should you personally do things? Why should you get your hands dirty when you can delegate? Delegating is fun. And delegating is effective. And that's exactly what Mr. Trump should be doing. With some of these attacks. Uh, I think he does have a, a good economic story to, uh, to pursue. And the America first and manufacturing and bringing back some of the jobs that were lost due to some poorly negotiated uh, trade deals signed by Bill Clinton, which was NAFTA. I'm a fan of fair trade, folks. Free trade and fair trade are two different things. We're going to have an economic discussion about that. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to get some of my folks. So uh, right now, we've got our friend Sam Burnham from All the Biscuits in Georgia calling in. Who's going to talk a little bit about uh, his outlook on uh, the 2017 situation and uh, give us a little weather report from what's going on up in Rome. Sam Burnham, welcome back to Greg's List. How are you, man? Hi, doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to call out today for a second. We had such a good time. It's been several months now. Like I said earlier, time does fly when you're having fun and winning elections. Now, you're a libertarian, so uh, do, you, do you think the November 8th was a win or a loss for the libertarians? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the November season sort of got names out there, sort of got the party's name out. Now, again, not not necessarily a party libertarian, but the idea of the smaller government of Washington and, and seeing a group of people that are actually wanting to do some of those things as opposed to just being rhetoric. But, uh, but I see some good and some bad because they did, still didn't get 5% in the national election, which was a goal sort of uh, submit themselves as a serious party, but still... Uh, better than it could have been, I guess. Yeah, well, I, and I guess I was asking about your, your small-L libertarian. Do you think the Trump win versus a Hillary Clinton win is going to be better for uh, libertarians and people that love smaller government? Would, I mean, do you think that that's going to... Well, I would say that uh, a Trump win would definitely be better than a Hillary win in any circumstance on that. <laughs> uh, obviously, someone who thinks that everything should be done in Washington is going to be better than maybe someone who doesn't want as, as little done in Washington as I want done. Uh, as far as that goes, little is better. So. Well, apparently Trump's wife isn't even going to live with him in D.C. for at least the first year. Right. So. <laughs> so he's certainly looking uh, outside the scope of, uh, of D.C. on that. So what's been going on with you, man? All the biscuits in Georgia doing well. You've got uh, some, some high school football has been going on up there. and uh, You probably got the most snow in this state. So what, what's going on on your side of the world? We wound up with very little snow. Uh, it was kind of surprising. Everybody around us kind of got hit. I think the mountains kept ours out. Uh, our local team picked up a state championship in football, which was nice. And uh, just been busy doing the following the politics thing like we're talking today. 
Yep. What do you? Uh, I, I know we've got some state and local issues coming up, and you'd be a good person to ask this. We're going to have to take our break in a second, but I wanted to kind of put this out there for you. Um, so the casinos want to put something in the state of Georgia. Now, I am I am for it because I think we lose a lot of money because uh, since it's not illegal for somebody to drive to Cherokee or Biloxi or any of these other places uh, or Las Vegas, you can fly there. Um, I, I think the state of Georgia does lose a lot of money, but. But I've had folks come on and say that sometimes when these casinos are put out in rural areas, it actually does a lot of damage to the local economy. So uh, we're gonna let's take our break here. We we ran a little bit longer uh, than I thought, but I wanted to kind of get your sentiment on that. Seeing you know you're from the area of the state Rome, and it's not it's not completely rural, but it's certainly more rural right. than uh, Metro Atlanta. I'd like to see what what your thoughts would be to the on, on maybe some kind of economic development. Whether you think that that would be a good idea up there or or whether it be better to be an underground Atlanta area or just not at all in the state of Georgia. So we're going to go ahead and take our break. Sam Burnham, All the Biscuits in Georgia is going to be back. We're going to be talking about the 2017 outlook in uh, Georgia and nationally. We'll see you in a couple minutes on Greg's List. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Greg's Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Webradio.com. We're uh, welcoming in the new year. I know that was a few days for many of y'all, but I've been in uh, Australia, so it just happened for me. Kidding, of course, but uh, this is the first show in 2017 for Greg's List, and who else would we want to have on than our friend Sam Burnham, who actually I met Sam, who's the uh, curator of the website All the Biscuits in Georgia. I met him at the studios of NPR. So we were on the same panel one day, two uh, Republican slash Libertarian people in a uh, a bastion of of, of left wing um, thought and uh, 
and intellect, I suppose. So, and, and I was like, man, I can't believe they put two of us on the same panel, but uh, enjoyed it. Sam, uh, you, um, I left you with the question and the thought about casinos in Georgia, and I'd love to hear your thought because I know you're libertarian, but you know, you're also a pretty strong family man, and I really, I think you'd be a good person to, to get a perspective from on this. Yeah, but, and I'll give you the my my thoughts on that. Um, you look at what's going on, like in Atlantic City, with it, and uh, actually in so many of the other smaller towns in the South, uh, Mississippi, and even some in Alabama, and like you mentioned, Cherokee. I'm not as familiar with Cherokee, but uh, the thing with the casinos, it brings in a lot of people, but they're going to be staying at the casino, they're going to be eating at the casino, they're going to be parking at the casino, and they're designed to have very little interaction with the town around them. You know, you, you talk about it being an economic engine and it's going to bring in a lot of a lot of money and a lot of visitors, and, and that is going to happen inside that complex. As far as the main street area of the town, not not quite so much and then you're going to be creating jobs but you know what kind of jobs are you creating you're creating uh service jobs they're going to be mostly low paying uh with a casino we know the odds are on the house they're a money-making <laughs> venture nobody's getting rich coming out of the thing so that money's going somewhere and it's typically going to be uh getting filtered into one of these large corporations that owns casinos and they're the money that it's bringing in, it, it's uh, really going to be probably shoveling most of it back out to uh, some large city up north somewhere that's not really going to have that much of right. an impact. Well, let's talk about... Okay, but let's talk... Who, who's going to work there, though? I, I think that would be the casino argument. Is, oh, don't worry. We're going to employ the town. Right. Right. And... and I'm just playing devils. I'm playing devils. That's that's devils advocate. I'm. I have not. I'm for it in in a big city like Atlanta, where I don't think it would impact it. Or in Savannah, there's a nice little island that's right off of uh, River Street that would be perfect for one. I I do think it can cause problems, especially up kind of where you're at. You know, Rome, Dalton, uh, Chatsworth. That that corridor where. You know, you're right. It, it, the, it, they are designed. If you ever go to one in Vegas, they don't even have clocks on the walls. They don't want you to know what time it is. <laughs> they don't want you going outside at all. And, <laughs> uh, to me, when you see that, yeah, it's going to be like a vacuum that brings money into your town. But most of it's going to go right out of the roof of the building into wherever it is <laughs> for that corporation. You're never going to see it again. Uh, yes, they're going to make jobs. Uh, they're going to make the five, six, seven, eight dollar an hour job, service jobs, tips, and whatnot. Uh, you're just not going to see people that are that are making the, the $25, $30 an hour like a car assembly plan or something that Right. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, to me, and that's kind of the debate is, look, do we do we have a lot of space in Atlanta that's unused? We do. Um, is it economic blight? Of course. Uh, so to me, the opportunities for these would be in the major metro areas and not try to put them out. I think we've had a failed experiment in uh, Mississippi that um, they tried to put one in. It's kind of near the tennis. It's kind of it's basically near Memphis, but it's in Mississippi, and it has apparently caused a lot of problems to the local economy. So I, I would say we need to kind of study what its impact would be. I, again, I don't think a, a, a casino. In 
in underground Atlanta or around the airport, I don't think that would have any kind of negative impact. Um, certainly you could say, well, there's going to be more gambling addicts, all that. But with the nature of online gambling now, uh, I think people can be addicted to gambling without ever having to leave their basement. Oh, goodness. There was, there was so much money that changed hands last night over an Alabama and Clemson game, <laughs> legal or not. I mean, let's, let's just face it. People are going to gamble. There's going to be poker night. There's going to be, there's going to be gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, whether or not it's legal and whether the state can, can benefit from it, which is obviously what they're wanting to do, or we wouldn't be having this discussion anyway. This <laughs> uh, is a tax discussion, just like anything else is. But, uh... But I, did, I, I think you might be right. Somewhere like a Savannah or especially Atlanta, um, where there's already a tourism business that's being driven there by numerous other things, it, uh, it's got a chance to bring some money in. Plus, somewhere like that might be somewhere where you would have more of a regional headquarters kind of thing that would bring in some higher-paying jobs as well as the, uh, the smaller, uh, smaller jobs as well. And that's not knocking off on service jobs. It's just saying... There's only so many of them that you can have and run a town. You don't want to be trying to operate here. Yeah, not everybody can work at Starbucks, right? Right. <laughs> so. Right. We uh, And that leads me to the, my next question. Speaking of taxes, in fact, Sam, next week you're going to really want to tune into the show and maybe send in some questions or comments on it. I'm going to be having a, a, a really serious, honest discussion about in increasing our uh, access here to medicinal marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. Marijuana um, it has basically been proven, I think, you know, undoubtedly to help certain patients with certain injuries, especially uh, autistic children. I've got a, a high school friend of mine that suffered a stroke and, um, you know, she's going to be telling her story on it. And it's going to be, it, it's something that has become so critical for us to, to take a look at because every every year that goes by that we aren't allowing access to uh, more of these products, we're injuring thousands of Georgians. And uh, yes, I, I think that's a very good conversation for us to be having. Yeah, I mean, what do you, uh, you know, you're actually right on the border, and we, uh, we the, unfortunately, some of the medical marijuana that's passed, um, you, you can't, um, you can't grow it here, you can't acquire it here, you, you, you have to commit a crime to be able to get it here, and, uh, right. you know, you, you, you know, people talk about, well, I can import it from Colorado and all these places, I mean, I don't think we should have people committing federal crimes to help their child with autistic seizures, you know? No, and that's another one of those great uh, Tenth Amendment questions that, you know, I've been kind of surprised at how well uh, Barack Obama has left that alone. Uh, as much as he's wanted to centralize, he has allowed the state sort of turned a blind eye to Colorado and the others that are... Yeah, I believe California just basically, I think Colorado's basically gone all in, which I, I we've got to do baby steps here in Georgia. Personally, I, I'm, I'd be I'd be happy to, to, to legalize it, and uh, I think there's plenty of data out there that shows that uh, it's a fairly benign drug. It's certainly less destructive than alcohol, which is very legal. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Obama has, um, and I think you know, and it is kind of a, a left wing missive. The right, with uh, some of our kind of social conservatives, are scared of anything that uh, is of a mind altering nature. And um, you know, we've got the teetotalers that are you know anti alcohol as well. Uh, and it's one of those things where I think we should be a live and let live, and especially since there are so many medicinal properties that that have been proven and you know it's i can't you can't argue with somebody that says yes it's offered me pain relief or uh, some kind of relief from my symptoms especially if you've never uh, perceived or felt those symptoms personally you know right you're right and i think that's something that we definitely we at least need to explore it. and i'm not necessarily saying that we have to come down hard line on yes we absolutely have to legalize all of this but let's look into it with some wisdom let's discuss and see what are let's make a pros and cons list and let's and I think, yeah. Well, and I think it could really help fight some of this opioid addiction that uh, has become rampant, uh, not not just in the rural areas, but all over the state now. It's um, we've got teenagers dying of heroin overdoses, which you know, heroin to me, it's 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 crazy. I'm like, get back to cocaine, do something safe. I mean, it's uh, just nuts that uh, right. you know the the. 70s have called and they've got I don't even know when the big heroin epidemic happened obviously the 80s was crack um, 90s was kind of meth uh, but now heroin and opioids are taking all of the uh, the headlines and a lot of it's because of these you know pers- doctor prescribed painkillers which is you know the Percocets and the, the Lorisets and the Lortabs and all that stuff and I would wager that a lot of these pain meds are being taken and medicinal marijuana would probably be just as, if not better, without some of these, you know, d- deleterious side effects. Oh, probably so. We, we just, you really have to be able to look into the, uh, ask somebody in public safety, ask a police officer, a fireman, an EMT, somebody like that, ask them about opioids. Um, it is a terrible, terrible scourge on our society right now. It is out of control the number of people. I mean, we just saw a robbery reported in the news where a lady held up a pharmacy and they're looking for her now because she was after opioids. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not even liquor stores anymore. They're holding up the pharmacy. Oh, yeah. More tabs or whatever. Yeah, I was about to say, the damn CVS now, that's the first place it gets looted in any of these cities. One, they steal the, the laundry detergent. I know I don't mean to laugh, but apparently Tide really is kind of, it's not a street drug. People just use it to wash their clothes, and it's $20 for a gallon of it. So right. People steal that, and then they hit the they hit the medicine cabinet and steal all that stuff. The, you know, the food is left alone, largely. Right. So, I mean, the opioid thing, definitely. I mean, that, when you start comparing that to uh, definitely some of the medical marijuana, it, it, it's a it's a conversation that needs to be had. It is. All right. Well, my friend Sam Burnham, hope to see you soon. I hope we get back into uh, uh, on second thought with uh, our friend Celeste. I want to have Celeste on the show one of these days. That would be fun to get her. Uh, you know, I think I think she'd be great. She did an amazing TED Talk. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but it was sponsored on uh, Facebook there for a while. And it was really good. She was out in Seattle and uh, speaking to a large group, and it was very well received. It was about 15 minutes. I encourage you guys who are listening now to take a look at it. It's, uh, it's the exact opposite of the Meryl Streep speech from Sunday night. It really is unifying, and uh, Vince Vaughn won't be showing any dagger eyes to our friend Celeste. But to Sam, great. No, no, no. It's a good speech. 
I appreciate you calling in, man, and uh, hope to see you soon, okay? Right, thanks for having me. Good to hear you. All right, you too, bud. And we appreciate you guys listening in today. Uh, as I said, next week we're going to have a really cool show. Um, I'll be putting some more information on about it, but we're going to have some, some folks that are going to be, you know, really – experts and not voluntary experts certainly but folks that are really going to be able to tell their side of the story in this medical marijuana uh, debate and i really think that our folks uh at the legislature and in the um some of the other offices need to back this to help their fellow georgians we're wrapping up here on gregs we appreciate you guys listening we'll see you next week same time same channel only on america's web radio.com You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.